Amen. Thank you so much, David. It's good that we get to do this together. We want this to be like a conversation with you at home. Uh, we're yeah. going to gather around the word of the Lord and uh, we're going to talk together and hear God together and respond together. Um, so uh, feel free to interrupt me at any point. <laughs> sure. um, we'll do that together. Now, um, uh, we want to talk about safety. The title for this little section, this talk is I Am Safe. Now, it reminds me uh, of uh, one of the first and only time, actually, I've ever been paintballing. Have you been paintballing before? Yes, I have. Okay. It was painful. It was, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, I wasn't quite warned about how painful it was going to be. Um, the only time I went paintballing is with our son, David, a couple of years ago. And he said this is what he wanted to do for his uh, birthday. Uh, in fact, I think we paid off the loan we needed to pay for it, but I think that's all okay. But we, we got a group of friends and we went to a field, we kind of filled with forest areas. And uh, they kitted us out. They gave us little balls of paint. Maybe you've done this before. Uh, they loaded us up with guns and we wore these overalls. And then within a relatively short space of time, we found ourselves in this semi-woodland area. And there's like an old toilet block and there's an old Jeep and there's loads of obstacles. And the first game we played was like a capture the flag type game. And so we were on one side, there's another team against us. They were our enemy. And uh, honestly, I had no idea what what was actually going to happen, how much it was going to hurt. So after a while, there's a standoff. No one really, there's, there's kind of bullets going everywhere, but no one really, um, nobody makes anyone progress towards this flag point. And so being kind of, a, I guess, bossy, I don't know, or a leader, I don't know what it is. Uh, I got to a group <laughs> of, I said, look, and I said to David and a few of his friends, right, on the count of three, we're going to break out of this, behind this toilet block type building, and we're going to go. And at least one of us will get to this flag before uh, we get shot. So it's like three, sure. two, one. And then guess how many people actually left from behind this building? <laughs> None of David Only me. <laughs> Only me. So I find myself stranded as I'm running towards this flag. And I've got these, ink, these kind of paint bullets flying at me, bashing my legs. And I, honestly, it was so painful. And I was getting hit all over my head. Like, I don't know how many times I got hit. And I got the flag. But in the end, we ended up being disqualified because, you know, if you get shot, <laughs> yes. um, we lost the game, right? So, but I end up covered in welts, but also covered in this, this paint, this ink. And we finished the game. But as we finished the game, a little, I don't know, 11, 12-year-old lad, he wasn't with our group, but he, he, he pulled himself out of this oil drum, right? And, uh, and there's a little hole in the other end where he could shoot through. So he was still part of the game, but he came out completely clean, as if his overalls were like cleaned that morning. Uh, and it occurred to me, and he said, well, you just have to know where to hide, as in he found a hiding place. I want to talk to you today what I believe is a word from the Lord. We want to talk today mm. a psalm that is for now. It's for you at home. It's for me. It's for us. Psalm 91 talks about hiding in the presence of the Lord, actually finding where you hide matters. Mm. And sometimes the things we run to, maybe when lockdown was announced, you thought, well, at least I'll be able to do this. At least I'll be able to have a glass of wine. At least I'll be able to binge on Netflix. At least I'll be able to do whatever this is. We all find ourselves running to something uh, that we think will keep us safe. In fact, during this game, there was one guy who uh, was a bit wider than I think he thought he was. And so he stood behind this tower of uh, like rubber tires, but he was getting hit in the shoulder because actually what he was hiding behind wasn't actually keeping him safe. We're going to talk about what, and I want to ask you a question today. Are you safe? 
Do you know what it means to be safe in the presence of the Lord? So we're going to read Psalm 91 together. And as we do so, if you've got a Bible with you, uh, not on the screen you're watching right now, that could be complex unless you're really good with those things. Maybe get a physical Bible. And David's going to lead us and we're going to read this together and out loud. It's good to read the Word of God out loud together. It will come up on the screens as well. But I want to just to point out a couple of things about Psalm 91. We're not entirely sure who wrote it, but I want to point out a few things. It's a high priestly psalm. So in it, you'll see the kind of language, if you know anything about the tabernacle, the place where the priests would go to the inner sanctuary, the wings that were on the Ark of the Covenant. So there's some language there that really ties in with the, the priestly language of the tabernacle. Uh, you'll also see that uh, there is a, uh, a sense in which there is an if and a then. It's one of those psalms mm. that kind of shows about the conditionality of this. Sure. There's a decision to be made uh, through reading this psalm, and we're going to come to that decision in a few minutes' time. Uh, but maybe, Dave, you could uh, lead us as we read this together. This is Psalm 91. Wonderful. Okay, from the NLT. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armour and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you, no plague will come near your home, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands, so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras, you will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honour them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. That is a, a wonderful, powerful psalm. And it's a psalm for today. It's a psalm for you. And it's an invitation to dwell. It's an invitation to dwell in the presence of the Lord. Uh, in verse 1 and 2, there's a clear decision being made by the psalmist. He says, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. Do you declare this today about the Lord? Do we make this our declaration? This I declare, he alone is my refuge my place of safety. He is my God and I trust in him. It's interesting, David, what are your thoughts about the difference between kind of visiting the Lord and what this is talking about? Yeah, that's a really good challenge, Tim. I think for myself in hearing that, the, the idea of actually it is to stay and that's the real challenge, to dwell in the Lord, to dwell in that safe yeah. hiding place. To Everything in me a lot of the time wants to move on. 
or mm. go, go towards something else or expect some sort of change up. And I feel with God even more so, it's funny, even though I put my trust in him, a lot of the time I get impatient with yeah. where God is trying to lead me because a lot of the time he's leading me to get something in this space, in this safe space. Mm. But I want to move outside of that for some reason. It's a strange thing, but yeah, I believe it's about staying in that moment and not yeah. moving on till. God has done what he wanted to do in that moment. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like a, a, the, the, what's being described here is like a, a home to our hearts. It, it's a place where we can dwell and stay. Mm. And that doesn't, I guess, doesn't mean being stagnant, as in this is true, I guess, when we go to work, when we go out and about, when we're allowed to, mm. when we go for a walk, we can still dwell in the Lord, can't we? Absolutely. It, this, this is actually about where, where our heart finds its home. Uh, what an invitation. The, the psalmist says, I will go nowhere else. And I want to encourage you today. God's leading us as a church family. And I believe he's speaking to you. He's saying, come to me. I am safe. Hide in me. I am safe. I want to be your refuge. Will you come to me instead of what you can get through a screen or instead of alcohol or, or, or just illicit sex or bad relationships or, or things that pollute or don't even protect you. Instead, hear the word of the Lord, come to me. I really want to encourage you. We're going to make that declaration in a few minutes. I declare, I, I will hide in you. Brilliant. I, will, I will find my refuge in you. Uh, it's amazing. Do you know this psalm has four names of God mentioned uh, and I mean, four different facets of who God is. God is so much bigger than one single name. In fact, he can be found in different assets as God Almighty. Uh, and one of those is, is, is uh, in the Hebrew says, my God. I want to encourage you today. He's not just God, but I encourage you that he wants you to know him as my God, as your God, as personally your place of refuge now let's jump through because there's a load of stuff in here there's some challenging <laughs> theology some challenging statements in verse six seven and eight and it, it comes to a culmination uh, culmination verse nine and ten and here we have the word if mm. if if you make the lord your refuge if you make the most high your shelter no evil will conquer you no plague will come near your home that's really good. That's, yeah. a, that's a great, that's a challenging promise as I read that because I know Christians who love Jesus but have still got coronavirus. Sure. I know people that have drawn near to the Lord and made him their refuge. David, does this mean that we don't get sickness and we don't suffer things that threaten us? How, how do we square up our experience and what we read in the psalm? No, of course, like if you've been around long enough, you'll know people you love you know do struggle and get sicknesses and get ill and that's why we're partly encouraged to pray for those who are sick who are ill to lay hands on them even in this time you know it's just one of the psalms or parables comes to mind where you know it rains on both the wicked and the good and the sun comes up both on the wicked and the good I just in these times I realize that even though we put our trust in a good God, bad times can befall us, mm. but God is in those times. Yeah. And the thing about what you're saying here, the conditional stuff, that is just the nature of a loving God. Mm -hmm. God will not impose himself on you. He will not make you do anything because of his love for you. He wants you to choose 
him and he wants you to choose and to remain faithful to him through difficult times but to continue to put your trust in him although around you it may not look good in that situation you have a good God who is committed to you yeah that's good it is a really important and powerful thing that we recognize that uh, that evil will not overcome us. Mm-hmm. Um, the great Charles Spurgeon uh, said this. This is in his commentary on Psalm 91. Uh, and this is a, a perspective on this that may help you. It says, It is impossible that any ill should happen to the man who is beloved of the Lord. The most crushing calamities can only shorten his journey and hasten him to his reward. Ill to him is no ill, but only good in a mysterious form. Losses enrich him, sickness is his medicine, reproach is his honour, death is his gain. No evil in the strict sense of the word can happen to him, for everything is overruled for good. That's such a powerful quote, an amazing perspective. As the psalmist says, no evil will overcome those who find themselves hiding in the Lord. I remember a moment that will stay with me, and I've mentioned many times on many platforms, uh, with a a man called Roy Liberty, a dear member of this, our central Watford location for many, many years. I remember visiting him in hospital, and he's got cancer, and he's got all sorts of things all over his body that are trying to destroy his body. I went to see him, and I said, honestly, Roy, honestly tell me, how are you? And he grabbed my hand that was kind of trembling and shaking, He says, God is so good. God is so good, Tim. And tears were running down his face and running down mine. Mm. Do you know, he knew what it was to hide in the Lord, Mm. that even though he knew his time on this planet was limited, he was going to his reward. I'm telling you, no, even sickness overcame his body, right? But no evil overcame him. I really believe that's the heart of God in this psalm. And I believe that would be an encouragement to you watching this, whatever you're going through, that you might know the fullness of his grace in this challenging time. And it is a time of disease and calamity. Yeah, wow. And just to say, like, in terms of nothing will overcome you, that's what I really believe in Romans, where God says nothing, nothing can separate us from his love. So, yeah. That's great. Now, let's just go through, if we look to the, there's some promises at the end. In fact, there are, there are eight promises at the end of this passage. And we don't have time to dwell on them all, but I want you to see them all. Because it, the if and the then. If we hide in the Lord at this time, then we can receive these promises for us. Uh, this is the response from heaven. So it's almost like the psalmist has made his declarations. And then the Lord answers. It says in verse 14, the Lord says, I will, and let's just go through, I will rescue those who love me. Mm-hmm. Not that long ago, we were looking in Acts chapter 236, where uh, Jesus says, uh, now Jesus is both Lord and Messiah. He's both ruler and rescuer. Hallelujah. We live in a time when everything's changing, but he's our rescuer. He says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name, who who believe in the authority of my name. It seems to me that the love of God is unconditional, obviously, because he is love. But it also seems to me that his protection is not unconditional. There's a thought. And there's an invitation. There's a challenge. 
He says, I will protect those who trust in my name. Then listen to this. This is good for all of us as we pray because our, our prayers feel so feeble, don't they? Mine do. I, Lord, that's the best I can do. That's why I'm grateful for the gift of the Holy Spirit to be able to speak in tongues at times when my brain just cannot pray anything meaningful. But listen to this. When they call on me, I will answer. You might need to hear that today. When you call on the Lord, he will answer and give you peace in the time of trouble. And then he says this, I will be with them in trouble. Of course, Jesus is our Emmanuel. We'll celebrate this more, perhaps as we build up to Christmas, the idea of Jesus being with us. Listen, we'll still be in trouble, it says. I'll be with them in trouble. So when we get in trouble, he's with us. Isn't that an amazing yeah, thing? It's amazing. David, maybe talk us through the other promises here. Yeah, just, I just really want to encourage you also, as we've gone through this, realise this is all plural. This isn't just one person. And I really, as much as possible, as a central Watford location, yeah. we've got to be aware it's not just me and myself or me and my family unit. We are part of a larger family, the family of God. And God is inviting us, all of us, mm-hmm. to dwell together in him. Yeah. It's really important. You're not on your own. I know it can feel that you're on your own, especially in, in lockdown restrictions when you, you may actually be on your own. I want to encourage you, in the spirit, you're not alone. We are with you. We are for you. Yeah. And obviously, as Tim's already said, God, the Holy Spirit is with you. Now, just uh, continuing with then what we've got, I will rescue and honour them. I just, mm. God is our rescuer. You've already said it before. Just sometimes the way we want God to rescue us or even the, the rescuing that we desire may not actually line up to God's plan and purpose for you or for us. And the challenge is to continue to be faithful and to love him and to trust him through, to continue to believe and wait. And if that rescuing experience hasn't happened yet and you don't feel God has said anything otherwise, then keep believing, yeah. keep believing and you, you don't have to believe on your own. I really want to encourage you. When you are low, when you feel like you've given everything, pull out to other church family members and say, help me, I trust you. Can you help me pray this through? Or can you stand for me when I can't stand in this any longer? And, and finally, I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. So life is only found in Jesus Christ and nowhere yes. else. So I just want to encourage you in this dwelling, don't turn to the left or to the right. Don't move out of the safe place. Don't dwell or choose to dwell anywhere else. Life and all its fullness and, in, and all its goodness is in Christ Jesus, is in that dwelling place. Don't move on. Be patient. And I said that at the start. One of my challenges personally is to be patient with God and his timing. And that is a trust thing for me, that despite whatever is going on around me or the situations where I feel like maybe I could do something. No, no, no. Don't move until God's given his word for you. Yeah. And of course, in this time, there's so much... um there's so much turmoil around. There's so many people looking for so many different things to put their trust in. Of course, we haven't mentioned already today, but of course, the result of the US election is mm, coming through very soon. Sure. And there's so much heartache and pain, actually, when we put our trust in an individual mm-hmm. or in a party or in an office, <laughs> is that those things have their... But, but actually, we can find that, well, as long as this person gets elected, then there'll be hope for the USA 
mm. and the free world. Uh, but this is the good thing about this. Those things shift and change. And we pray for America. Yeah. I pray right now for every member of the American community, both those living in the USA, but also those scattered around the world mm. to be united in the name of Jesus, <laughs> who truly unites us, to find a unity yeah. because there's so much division. And some of that division is caused because we put our hope in human agents sure. and in human offices. So I just want to reiterate what you said. This is a time where we're invited to hide in the Lord and to stay in the Lord. So I want to, you know, the I am <laughs> says I am safe. Mm. And I want to encourage you. Are you able to say in response, I'm safe? Because the I am is safe. Are you able to say, I am safe? Mm. And you know what? It doesn't matter what happens to me, to my job to my family, my loved ones, my body, I know the Lord will carry me through to eternity because mm. I'm safe. I really believe the Lord wants to invite you right now. As we bring this kind of discussion into land, we're going to pray that you might learn and that we might learn together, mm. like you said, this is together, that we might learn what does it mean to dwell in the Lord. And in fact, what we're going to be doing across Wellspring Church, uh, we're going to be taking the rest of November, as I said earlier in the service, is a time to learn what it means to dwell in the Lord. I, I invite you to join myself and Helen, the rest of the senior leadership team, in a time of fasting. And between now and the end of November, so you can get on this train at whatever point you're <laughs> hearing about this, okay? This is not, you've not missed the opportunity to take some time to pray and to fast and to dwell in the Lord. That might mean a change of routine. It might be involved, you might want to use the Lectio 365 app, which we've mentioned before, or some other thing. Um, but something that draws you close to the Lord, fasting a meal or more, and to enter into a time of saying, Lord, I want you to teach us as a church, pray not just for yourself, but pray for our church family that we would learn what it means to dwell in the presence of the Lord. And then at the end of November, that final week, we're going to have nights of prayer where we'll be able to, over Zoom, share what God's been showing to us in the dwelling place. Um, so let's take this challenge together. Even if you've joined Wellspring Church since this lockdown period and during lockdown, I invite you as well. Let's fast and pray together and let's learn what it means to dwell. Yeah, really good. I'd I just want to encourage you off the back of what Tim says. And, and this is a challenge to myself as well. It's just the fact that the I wills of God, of God in, in eternity, because, you know, God is not bound by time and anything like that. God, I mean, time is in God. There's a concept for you. <laughs> nothing, nothing is outside of God. So what, what I'm encouraged by in hearing this and, you know, taking communion earlier on and, and, and praying and, and focusing on the resurrection and even the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus is the I wills of God are completed in Jesus' death and resurrection. Oh, yeah. So Jesus actually says, I have done, mm -hmm. I have done that. But in eternity, there's something we've got to work out on this side of eternity. But that's the faith you can have going into this. Yeah. This has been accomplished. This has been achieved. This has been done through Christ Jesus, yeah. our Lord and Saviour. Yeah, amen. Amen. And you'll hear more uh, later on from John Andrews about because he did, uh, he will. Because mm -hmm. he was, he is. Mm -hmm. uh, let's take comfort in that. Okay, it'd be good for us to pray together. 
And uh, mm. we're going to take some time in the presence of the Lord uh, to recall his goodness and to thank him for his, uh, his constancy in our lives. And to help us do that, uh, Ben Deer has recorded a, a brilliant song for us, I Will Exalt You. And as this song plays, I'm going to say a simple prayer and then we're going to draw near to the Lord. And even if this song is new to you, allow the words and the sentiment of it to wash over you as you meet with the Lord where you are right now. Again, cut out the distractions. And we say, Holy Spirit, would you teach us what it means to dwell in God? Would you teach us what it means to find you as our refuge? And Lord, we exalt you and we lift you up as our hiding place, as our safe refuge. Be with us in this moment and do a deep work in our hearts, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen.
Mom. 